We're sitting on the most perfect beach in the world, and all we can think about is where. Where can I hook up my quantum? Digital pen part at work. Yeah, you apparently didn't put one of the new cover sheets on your TPS report. Who should we send it to first? Just a couple of people. The question is, who are they going to send it to? This podcast is brought to you by Search Engine Journal, and you're listening to Marketing Nerds. everyone. My name is Kelsey Jones, Executive Editor of Search Engine Journal, and today on Marketing Nerds, I'm here with Ian Lurie, CEO of Portent. Ian, thanks for joining me today. No problem. Thank you. So I know we wanted to talk a lot about marketing strategy and search leadership today because I think that's something we haven't covered at all in Marketing Nerds, and I know that's something you and your team at Portent likes to focus on. Yeah, it's something we talk about a lot. Uh, it's it's something we've you know it's an issue that I've identified and faced for a long time. So, yeah, and when you had brought it up to me, I hadn't even really thought of you know thinking specifically about strategy and leadership and how they go together. So to kind of kick things off, I wanted to ask you how the qualities of leadership go into marketing and search strategy. If you look at what we do. Uh, more than almost any other kind of corporate advisor, we're in situations where we're asked to lead, but we're not in charge. So we can't mm-hmm. just come in and say, you know, do this because I said so. <laughs> yeah. And we're having to change the way organizations think about marketing, right? They're in this transactional mindset where it's all about, you know, buy attention, get them to act, count your money and do it all in, in like a one week or two month time or one month time frame. We have to really change their thinking back to how true marketing works, and that's a big, big switch, and it runs counter to almost all the thinking they've heard and all the teaching they've heard about internet marketing for years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's really where, again, we're not in charge, but we really have to move entire organizations in that direction. Uh, and to me, that's the, that's the most classic definition of leadership, is getting an organization to change direction where you can't just dictate. Yeah, and I think a lot of people think of leadership as this one person standing alone, but I definitely feel like in marketing specifically and in other areas as well, I think being a good leader is knowing how to work on a team, especially when marketing now involves so many different disciplines from search to social to content. Yeah, I mean, I think unfortunately or fortunately, just being right is not always enough. Yeah, and just having exactly. you know, and being the loudest voice in the room can be counterproductive. I was a history major, so I look a lot at you know the historical, the best leaders in history, and none of them are dictators. Uh, they, they're all yeah, the people who point. build. I mean, yeah, they're all the people who build fantastic teams around themselves and are able to motivate and move those teams in a single direction. And again, in marketing, we're especially now we're asked to to make some of the biggest changes. Sometimes without being asked, you know, we're invited in to to triple a company's sales or, you know, increase bottom line where the company's been taking the same approach for years and, you know, for a decade. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they've been in this transactional mindset and we have to get them out of it. Uh, And that requires moving them towards strategic thinking. And that cannot happen from the top. Because if you have individuals who are still thinking, I have to do this transactionally, I have to show return on investment every single week, and that is my primary priority, as opposed to maybe thinking about return on investment over a six-month period, 
you can't do that by just pointing and saying you must do this. There, you have to be able to to really get everyone united behind an idea and moving forward, and at least motivate enough of the group and motivate them sufficiently that they can act as a team even if certain parts of the team don't agree. Uh, so, and to me, again, that that's a classic definition of leadership. Yeah, I agree. And I think strategic thinking kind of going into that more, it's really crucial for especially digital marketing, because I think when digital first started out, you could do things quickly and get quick results, but it's not like that anymore. I mean, now you need long-term strategic thinking to really have an effective marketing strategy. Is, has that been what you've seen with your clients? Yeah, I, I, a, a big issue we're seeing right now is clients tend towards two extremes. Either they plan themselves into oblivion <laughs> and never do anything, <laughs> mm-hmm. or they get so near-term focused that they they limit their potential success. You know, when I talk long-term strategy at this point digitally, I'm talking about six months to two years. You know, it's not a very long time, especially when you look at how marketing historically has played out. So. You know, but it's it's crucial. It's a major, major change again because of this transactional thinking. Uh, you know, people have to stop thinking in terms of what's going to happen in the next one to two weeks, or at least adjust their thinking away from that a little bit and think about the longer term impact. I mean, you have to at least look at, you know, what's the value of high production value? Mm-hmm. What's the what's the return on investment of building out? A social media audience that you can then, you know, sort of not use because that sounds really negative, but that can amplify cool things that you say. What's the benefit of building out an audience like that so that when you do have an offer to give them, you have this enormous audience to which to give the offer as opposed to, you know, scrounging for a couple of quick social media hits by sending lots of you know, spam out to people you consider influencers yeah. uh, and trying to get them to retweet you. You know, that, that's, that's the big shift. So when I say strategic, I just mean thinking you know, you're building an audience. You're looking beyond the immediate transaction. You're looking at things that may be three or four steps removed, um, but that can be much bigger multipliers uh, on your marketing efforts. Yeah, and I I agree. I think though, you know, sometimes I've I don't have too many clients right now since I mainly am at Search Engine Journal, but I think, you know, we as marketers, we see the benefits in long-term planning, but oftentimes I'll talk to owners or potential clients and they won't care. You know, they they just want that quick hit, those quick numbers. How do you explain to clients kind of the benefits of strategic thinking and more long-term plans, you know, thinking from a client perspective versus us as marketers? Well, it's interesting. Yeah, it's enormously frustrating for me. I uh, understand that mm-hmm. just because I yeah. think this way doesn't mean that I can walk into every client's office and, and immediately change their thinking. I was actually in this kind of semi-Twitter argument discussion about this and content strategy uh, yesterday where I just said, you know, how many people here have non-Fortune 1000 clients who actually accept the idea of a long-term content strategy? Mm -hmm. Nobody said that they could find one. Wow. Uh, And, and, you know, so uh, the way I do it is by chipping away. 
So a client will call us in and they want us to, you know, double their organic search traffic and improve their return on paid search and carry out a social media, quote, campaign, unquote, that all have an impact (laughs) in the next month, right? And they'll sign a three-month contract with us and within two weeks they're saying, where's the ROI? While that's going on, what we try to do is just adjust their thinking as we go. You can't come in and be the zealot and just say, you have to do it this way or you're completely wrong. Mm -hmm. Um, You have to chip away. And I would say, you know, one out of 20 times it works. And the other 19 times you just execute really, really well and get them what they, you know, as much of what they need as possible in the near term. Um, Because, yeah, we're, we're here to put forward the, the method that we think will work best for clients, but we're also here to get results for clients. Uh, and we have to balance those two things. Yeah, I agree. I think one thing that I've been doing lately, because a lot of my just freelance work has been with small businesses or even very small businesses, you know, single owned businesses. And I tell them, you know, especially cause they don't have the budget. I'm sure, um, that your clients do at Porton, but No, (laughs) but anyway, yeah, okay. Um, (laughs) But uh, I tell them, you know, they come to me and they say, hey, you know, we're talking to this SEO firm and they want us to do X, Y, Z. Can you counter or what would your bid be? And if it's, you know, black hat stuff or shady stuff, I tell them and I say, you know, even if you don't go with me, please do not go with anyone that promises results within a matter of weeks or promises that they'll get you to the number one spot on Google for a specific keyword within, you know, a month or something like that. I, I try to kind of educate them about how there's good SEO and bad SEO. And, you know, especially online, there's so many different ways you can manipulate things. And so I think, you know, as marketers, we've kind of had to step up to the plate in terms of educating our clients because if you're not in the industry again it's kind of hard to see it through the lens of someone who is just a business owner trying to get more exposure for their company well and i think that's a great example of strategic thinking so i'm not necessarily sure that black hat is bad seo but i think strategic thinking, the first chance to introduce clients to strategic thinking is to get them to think, okay, if I do black hat and six months from now I receive a manual penalty, was that worth it? Yeah, And, you know, if you have a garage full of Viagra and you got to sell it in the next two weeks, okay, maybe it's okay (laughs) to do that and turn and burn, right? And just, you know, trash your site. Um, If you are really confident that you can outsmart every single engineer at Google, uh, sure, go for it. But otherwise, you know, think strategically. All right, maybe you don't move up in the rankings for another six months, but maybe you maintain what you have and that's worth it. Uh, you know, same thing in social media. You know, maybe you can pump out a whole bunch of promotional posts, and you know, if you do them four times a day, you're going to reach a certain audience, sell a mer- certain amount of stuff. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's also going to cause half your audience to unfollow you and ensure that you don't build your audience at all. So, is that worth it? You know, maybe it'll impact your brand when you're trying to build it. And if people say, "Well, I have no brand," well, okay, fair enough. But again, thinking strategically, do you want to have a brand someday? If you do, that's not the right move to make. So I think what you just cited is a great example of strategic thinking. And you're right. As marketers, a big part of our responsibility is to get clients to think about 
long-term risk and reward of action and inaction in all the different channels and, and layers of marketing. Um, that's, that's real strategic thinking, and it's our first chance to get clients thinking that way. Yeah, I, that's a really good point. You know, not because if a client suggests something and you know it's not the route it, that's best, I think, you know, positioning it as, okay, if we did this, then this could happen. It's kind of more of a less combative way than saying, you're wrong, you're bad, don't just don't flat out do that. I think walking people through things logically is the best way to kind of, and the most strategic way to kind of get them to see what the end result could be and if that's what they want or not. Exactly. Just extend their thinking horizon out, you know, to more months. Because, yeah, may, again, if someone wants a top ranking next week, chances are I can get it for them. But I'm also going to get them banned the week mm -hmm. after. Yeah. You know, so again, you, yeah, what you're saying is spot on. You just get people thinking a little bit further ahead. When, you know, you had said you wanted to talk more about strategy, one thing that I always think of when it comes to strategy for some reason is also kind of the thought process behind planning a huge campaign or organization when it comes through workflow and getting through each milestone. Do you think, you know, planning an organization plays a role in the success of campaigns from a strategy standpoint? I, I do. I think it's a double-edged sword. Okay. Uh, I think in most organizations, planning paralyzes campaigns. Oh, hmm. because yeah, I know this is, this is weird, <laughs> but what I see is organizations planning themselves to death. They, they'll, you know, if they're given a six month campaign, they'll spend two of those six months planning. Uh, I'm not saying you shouldn't plan. What I'm saying is if you're really doing strategic, employing strategic thinking, set a strategic framework and then just, you got to go do. So maybe you only have your campaign planned out over the next month, but you have that strategic framework. You've got your goals. You've got that basic message. You've got the thinking and, and what you want to do. Maybe there's specific events coming around which you want to build. Okay, go get to work. All right, sit down every single week and have your tactical and strategic review. Adjust as you go, but make sure you're doing as much as you're planning. Uh, and so, you know, obviously it's very important. Uh, this is not a trick question for me. Planning <laughs> is very, very important. Having the right organization around it is crucial. Um, the right organization reduces the need for step-by-step long-term planning. What you want, again, for strategic thinking is these are the general goals we're trying to reach. These are the general tools we have to reach them. And then here's what we're going to start doing right now. You know, Instead of saying we are going to do four posts and this is exactly what they will be about – Say something like, we're going to do four posts. Our goal is to attract these people to them. Our first post will be this because we're going to do it next week. And then we're going to see how it works and we'll, work, we'll go from there. And in social media, it's even more like that, right? You know, I see organizations who want to write out every single Facebook post they're going to do over the next year or uh -huh. every, Vine, yep. you know, yeah, every Vine video, every Snapchat, everything. Uh, when really what you want to do is say, you know what, here's the exactly what we're going to do for the next two. Here's the general idea for the next 10. And we're going to sit down every single week or every single day if it's social uh, and figure out whether that's the right move or we need to adjust. So to me, that's, that's strategy. 
uh, is not getting, again, not getting too transactional when you're looking out over a longer period. Yeah, you know, that's a really good point. I think I agree with you. I think people plan, spend too much effort on planning because they're kind of afraid to pull the trigger. And so if I hear you right, you're saying planning's important, but maybe, you know, you plan the next two weeks instead of saying, you know, what is our next social media editorial calendar going to be for the next six months? I mean, that almost seems overwhelming. And I, and if that's how your organization is trying to do things, I can totally get why it would be um, something you'd hesitate to pull the trigger on versus two weeks at a time, it kind of breaks it down and makes it seem not as um, overwhelming or a lot of pressure. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, some people see planning. And again, this is a tough change because, you know, I can tell you as a CEO, I like to see the plan that goes out a long, yeah. long ways, um, or at least I used to. And I can talk about this a little bit uh, later on if you want. But um, you have to push, you have to swim upstream a little bit. But it kind of eventually you realize that more strategic planning gives you more autonomy and lets you act more quickly. Uh, and as your your bosses, your stakeholders, your clients see that it's working, they will step back more and more and let you execute on it. Again, this will work one out of ten times. All right, you're going to get the clients and the, and the folks who want you, for the most part, to execute step by step. And that's very typical and it's very normal thinking. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, and so you execute as well as possible on that. And then as you're going. You can you know, push against the, the walls a little bit and say, you know what, we plan to do this, but given what we're seeing, we should do that instead. And every single time they see that work, they'll move a little bit away from that real, again, transactional step-by-step -step thinking. Yeah, I mean, that's a really good point, too, saying that because I could totally see if, a, if I sat down with a client and they wanted me to plan their social media strategy for the next six months, if something came up within that six months that we already planned, I could totally see them think, thinking or saying to me, well, we already had this plan. They're, they're less willing to change because they don't have to be. And yeah. keeping it at a tighter timeline would kind of force these clients to be a lot more flexible because you know we're doing it in shorter chunks of time. Well, yeah, and part of strategic leadership is if they really won't change, you know, you, you try a little bit and you say, you know what, we should keep a more strategic framework. And if they say no, you have to judge when you should give in. And then you have to figure out, okay, what's my strategy when two weeks from now something happens that gives us a strong incentive to step outside of this editorial calendar we've set out for the next six months. Mm -hmm. And then that, again, that's leadership. That's you're not in charge, but you're leading. So you point at something and say, this is a big opportunity. May I go do this? And sometimes they'll say yes, and sometimes they'll say no. And again, leadership is how you make that case along the way uh, and how you adjust thinking, even if initially there's not a philosophical agreement. Yeah, I mean, the client hired you for your expertise. So you know, not standing up for what you think is best practices is kind of going against what they hired you for, even though they may not, they may be hesitant to make changes. Exactly. Um, we always like to say we'd rather have our clients trust us than like us. <laughs> so, you know, a little bit of pushback here and there. And again, you know, leadership is really understanding how you, how you make the case you just described. You know, you hired us for our expertise may we go and use that expertise, please. Uh, that's, that's leadership. 
Yeah, that's a really good way of putting it. So I had asked you this question before the podcast kind of preparing, and I think it fits in well here. Um, Do you think strategy or implementation is more important in marketing? Implementation. Uh, Strategy, you know, I, I talk about strategy a lot. Strategy is crucial, but if you never do anything, strategy's worthless. Uh, so the the real trick is to is to go out and get to work and do stuff and use that to build you know to build on your strategy. Uh, you can't build a strategy without implementation, but you can go out and have effective marketing uh, and start to develop a strategy if you start doing stuff. Yeah, I I thought you might say that. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> and I well, and I agree because you can make all the plans in the world and be, you know, super prepared, but if you're not actually doing it, it all those efforts just go to waste. Yeah, and the best plan in the world, if your implementation is second rate, the best plan in the world is not going to necessarily help you very much. Well, and when it comes to marketing too, you know, you can plan for what you think you know, but I've found in marketing, and this is one of the reasons why I love it so much, is that it's always changing. So you can think that you'll be prepared, but until you're actually in the trenches, things come up that you probably didn't even think you know could happen. Whether it's a algorithm update, or you know somebody Facebook changes their guidelines, or an ad you thought would do really well totally bombed, and those are things that you can't really prepare for until you're actually in the midst of it. Right, or a fantastic new tool emerges, um, you know, or you you build out a great content strategy, but then you launch a site that repels search engines. Right, that's an example of implementation being crucial to your strategy. If you don't implement, your strategy is not going to work. Yeah, good point. So I thought, you know, to kind of wrap it up, I thought it'd be really interesting to ask you about your company specifically. I know um, you competed in the U.S. Search Awards last year, and um, you're pretty well known, have some pretty big clients. So I thought it'd be interesting to kind of hear, you know, as a business owner, how have you implemented these ideals around strategy and leadership at the company level? Well, it's an ongoing struggle, and that may be part of it is, you know, I, I never accept that we're doing it right. <laughs> uh, it's a constant process. You know, the, the, the four big things that I really try to do is, you know, introduce total clarity to my team. You know, here are the mm-hmm. things that I expect of you. And, and this is, you know, a lot of people have had to come and teach me this. This is not something I just, you know, instinctively came up with. Um, but really introduce clarity. You know, here's what I expect of you. Here's what I want you to do. Here's what I don't. And then once I've given that, you know, really provide autonomy, let people go off and do work within those frameworks. Um, support them while they do it, you know, provide advice, do everything you know, that I can to provide them what they need. Um, but really, as long as I've introduced a strategic framework <laughs> that's very clear, uh, I'm going to grant a lot of autonomy. And then the other thing is I try to make sure that I'm pretty connected to my team. Um, I don't want to be the CEO who's barricaded in my office all the time. I need to be out there enough that I can keep reemphasizing that strategic framework, continue to maintain clarity uh, to the point where the team is maintaining it for me. Uh, that, you know, that's the best way to introduce that sense of leadership because it makes your whole team start thinking and acting like leaders. 
and, and that's really, you know, that's that's as detailed and as formulaic as I've gotten. I don't have some miraculous approach. Uh, it, it's very much around, you know, introducing that clarity, providing autonomy within that clear framework, and then supporting and connecting with everyone while they're working in it. Yeah, I think those are all things that any company could implement, and I know employees would appreciate both. For me as a boss and as an employee, I total clarity is really, I would say, the most important thing when it comes to building a team that works well together. Yeah. You want to be able to say to them, do you understand how people, we want people to think of us and the work that we do? That, that's, if you can make that 100% clear, then you know, you're pretty far along uh, as far as strategic thinking and strategic leadership. I agree. And you're a lot farther ahead than a lot of other companies. So here's hoping. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Ian, thank you so much for joining me. I think this was a really useful conversation on a topic that needs to be discussed more. Well, thanks so much for inviting me. I, uh, I love search engine journals, so I'm uh, I'm really happy to be here. Good. Are you going to PubCon again? Uh, I don't know if I am this year. I'm going to MozCon. It's right in town. Uh, and then I'm going to a few other conferences around, uh, around the country. So I hope to. Gotcha. Okay. Well, maybe I'll see you there. And um, again, this is Kelsey Jones, executive editor of Search Engine Journal and Ian Lurie, CEO of Portent. Thank you. This Marketing Nerds podcast has been brought to you by Search Engine Journal. For more news, interviews, and how-to guides from marketing experts from around the world, visit us at searchenginejournal.com.